So Habakkuk, like I was saying, he's one of the minor prophets. And so Habakkuk's a little bit different than the other prophets. Usually the prophets get a word from God and then he goes and speaks it to the people. Well, Habakkuk kind of does the opposite. He takes all the people's requests and all the people's kind of hurts and he's taking them straight to God. So that's where we're going to pick up in chapter 1. And this is kind of at this point where we start to see kind of our trouble with God. Maybe we start hitting some rocky places in our lives. Habakkuk raises a question. Um, This is chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. So he's taking this request to God, and he's kind of like, in our world, let's just say it was me just kind of saying, man, God, I see so much wrong in our world. We have abortion, we have slavery, we have just all kinds of stuff that just isn't lined up with God. So that's what Habakkuk's saying is, man, why are you not doing anything about this? You know, his troubles with God is, God didn't seem to care. He couldn't do, he could do something about it, but he wasn't. He isn't fair. So then God answers, okay, in the next verse it says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. For me, that would be an awesome answer. That's kind of like awesome. Like, all right, there's so much junk going on in our world. God, we fix it. And he's like, just wait, I'm going to do something crazy. So I'm like, okay. But then right to the next verse, God kind of takes the wind out of Habakkuk. And he says, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians, the ruthless, impetuous, impetuous excuse me, people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. So Habakkuk says, God, there's so much wrong with our world. He says, okay, just wait, I'm going to do something crazy. He's like, awesome. He's like, so I'm going to raise up some people that are worse than your people to come and take over your people. So he's like, okay, I don't, I don't really totally understand that, but we're going to keep going. So kind of his second question, he says, Lord, are you not everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. When they, why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? So Habakkuk's asking these questions like, man, I, I don't really understand what you're doing, God. Like, this is, not, this is not of you. You're not good. Why would you bring in people that are worse than my people that I'm praying for? come and take us over and man for me like in my life that's a lot of times whenever I start to have this kind of trouble or kind of struggle with God and I kind of start figuring out man this world is kind of messed up and my life is hurting right now a lot of times I pray for something and God kind of brings in something totally different and I'm like all right that's kind of a struggle with me and so I start asking these questions um Craig Rochelle a few weeks ago I was watching one of his sermons and he said questions are not the end of real faith but often the beginning and for me, that kind of helped really put um, some peace in my heart, I guess, about it, because I questioned God a lot. Um, just, man, why, why are we going through this? You know, my family uh, this year has just been through a lot. Like, we've been through some struggles, been through some ups and downs and stuff, and I ask a lot of questions. Like, man, Lord, I want to do what you want. Like, I want what you want. But a lot of times, it seems like every time I pray for something, man, something goes kind of the opposite way. But really, is if we're struggling with God and we're kind of wrestling with God, then that's whenever we're going to be getting to that real faith. Um, that's actually Habakkuk, back in the Old 
the old language, it means to wrestle or to embrace. So that's what Habakkuk's doing at this point, man. He's wrestling with God. He's like, man, God, I trust, but it's, it's kind of tough right now. So once we get to this kind of trouble with God, so we kind of start traveling down and we kind of start to hit some of those rocky patches. And so we get to this kind of decision point, okay? And so chapter 2 is where we'll kind of keep going. Um, Habakkuk goes with God, okay? It says, uh, this is hard for Habakkuk to understand, but he will watch to see what the Lord will say. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So in these three verses, we kind of have three things to do in this kind of decision time. Okay, verse 1 says we need to be listening. Okay, it says I will stand and watch and, and, my, and station myself at the ramparts. I will look to see what he say to me and will answer and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So the first thing when you're in this kind of struggle time is, man, to sit and listen to God and say, God, what are you trying to do in this situation? Man, I, I would love for you to do this, but what do you want? And so just to sit and to wait. So then we look at verse 2. We need to write down. It says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Um, I kind of looked at this as a couple things. One is... When my wife tells me to go to the grocery store, and I go, if I don't write down what she told me to get, I'll get to it, and it'll have butter, and butter is, there's unsalted, salt, I don't know what all, different kinds. She'll tell me to get a certain kind, and I'll start to second guess myself, and I'm like, uh, it might be that. She told me one of them. I think, no, okay. And so then I probably, every single time, get the wrong one, okay? And then in my life, that's just kind of a dumb, dumb example, kind of how it is, then in my life, I looked at one time, I was, it was probably three years ago, um, it was at Summit Church, and I really felt like the Lord was kind of calling me into a little bit more um, full-time ministry. Um, I didn't really know what that looked like, but um, I was just like, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this. I don't really know, it's not this time in my life, but I'm just going to trust you in that. So I wrote it down, um, something, just wrote it down in my notes, just one Sunday morning. It was about a year and a half ago, and Todd had kind of talked to me to start praying about uh, maybe coming on to the team here and this opportunity to do the youth here. So I was praying about it, and I, I, was, I knew in my heart that that's what God wanted me to do. But I tried to talk myself out of it. I was like, nah, I'm not equipped. I know multiple other youth ministers, my dad included, all these guys that I've grown up with that are way better than me, that are more equipped than me, and things like that. And so I was like, man, okay, I was just like talking myself out of it. So then I went, and I kind of got in my quiet times, my old kind of notes, and I was looking through them, and I kind of read the little note that I'd wrote myself that day three years ago that said, I know the Lord is calling me into full-time ministry at some point in my life. And for me, it was just kind of like, okay, Lord, like that, that was what you, that's why you wanted me to write it down three years ago. Satan so many times tries to talk you out of things. Um, man, going into the gas station or different things, sometimes you might have a heart for somebody and you might see them and say, man, that person really needs some love. But then, Satan tries to say, no, that's, that'd be weird, that'd be interesting, like, that's not what God's wanting you to do. And so that's what he's saying is, man, write it down. Like, if the Lord is telling you something, write it down and see what's going to happen. Because a lot of times when you write that stuff down, 
you'll be able to come back and look and be like, man, that's crazy. I've gotten to write down just some stuff with my prayer journal and some different things that I like to do and that um, it's awesome to see how God answers those prayers in the craziest ways, the ways that I never thought would even happen, just the craziest stuff. So then the next thing, okay, verse 3 says, Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So we have to wait on God. Um, One of my biggest failures is waiting. So many times I just want to run ahead of God and not just sit and listen and just soak in and wait for Him to move. So many times I'm like, okay, God, like, it's, it's time I'm going to go ahead and do this. And that's what, like, that decision time is, is that are we going to wait to see what God is going to do, or are we going to try to go be our own God and go do our own thing? All right, so then, so after those three, God answers him again, okay? So just to kind of get you caught up, he asks, why is all this junk going on? God said, I'm going to do something cool. Then he said, all right, I'm going to raise up these worst people to come kill your people. So then he's like, all right, I don't understand that, but I'm going to wait on you and I'm going to trust in you. So then throughout chapter 2, okay, it's talking about the Babylonians here. It's these people that he was talking about, these wicked people that were coming in. And it just goes through, woe to him who piles up stolen goods about uh, Habakkuk 2.6. Woe to him who builds his realm on his unjust gain. Woe to him who builds up a city on bloodshed. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors. Back at 2.15, woe to him who says to wood, come to life, back at 2.19. Um, the answer to Habakkuk's second question appears to be this. While God may, be, may use a wicked nation like Babylon to punish the wickedness of Judah, he will not let the Babylonians' wickedness go unpunished. So in those times that you don't think that God really knows what he's doing, God does. And he's not going to let those other things not come to fruition too. And if God is telling you something and he's saying, man, this is what I want for your life, even if there's thing after thing that keeps knocking you down, man, keep pursuing the Lord and trust that he's going to take care of it. At the end of that chapter, it says, but the Lord in his holy temple, let all the earth be silent before them. Man, the awesome thing about our God is God wins. (laughs) He's in control. Everyone will be in awe of him. Everyone will bow to him. So we have to trust in that and live in that and have that joy that, man, God is in control. So then, once we've kind of gone from this trouble with God, so we're kind of up top, we've kind of had some struggles, we've kind of said, man, nothing in my world right now is going right, kind of like we see a lot of stuff in our world that's going crazy. So then we get to this decision point. So this little arrow, of course, is saying, man, you have that kind of decision to go with Christ, to do those things, to wait on Him, to trust in Him, or we can go away from Him. But when we go with him, that's when we get to chapter 3. Man, that's when we get to where we want to be is trusting God. So Habakkuk in, verse, or in chapter 3, um, it's just kind of his remembrance of who God is. He kind of moves from this struggle to kind of like going, coming out of it and just saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this. Um, man, one of the best ways to get to this trust is remember what God has done for you. Um, verse 2 of chapter 3 says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I will stand in all of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day and in our t- times make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. 
man, isn't it hard? At least it's hard for me to remember all the blessings that God has given us in these kind of struggle times or in these stormy times. Man, I, um, there's a family friend that's just going through a lot of stuff right now. Like, has just going through is about, if this was it, it would be down on the floor. Like, they are just at a rocky place. But the thing is, is, man, hearing from them, they kind of emailed my parents and just said, you know, we know God's good. We've seen the blessings that God has given us. And that is so tough to see past that, that just junk and all the stuff that just keeps hitting you down in your life. If you're going through whatever, divorce or going through a breakup or going through just hard times at work, man, try and do your best just to remember all the good thing that God has done. You know, there's many times in my life there's been about 10 things that he's done awesome, but yet that one little thing will overcloud all those things, and I will just focus on that one thing of the junk in my life. Man, so we have to remember, to get to that point of trusting God, we've got to remember all the good thing that the Lord's done for us. Um, the second thing is accept what God is doing. Um, I've heard my heart pound, my lips quivered at the sound, Decay crept in my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will patiently, I wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. And I'm scared, yet I accept. I love that. He's just terrified. Like, my bones are quaking. I'm trembling. I am terrified. But I'm going to wait, and I'm going to accept what you're doing. Because I know you know more than me. You see the big picture. I only see a very, very small picture. Um, the next is to... Trust God. Uh, verses 18. Um, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Even though all looks bad, we have to trust in God. Um, one thing that, I don't know, the Lord kind of showed me this week is just his constant, his constantness, constant. He is constant. That would be better to say. <laughs> Not an English teacher, sorry. So just how constant our God is. Man, that no matter what is going on, man, God is God. He's here. He's, he's not changing. You know, this little kind of dip and loop kind of thing is a lot of the times what we go through. We'll kind of have dips and we'll go, we'll be on this super high of like, man, great faith and we're seeking God and we're seeking this and he'll go down. But man, the Lord's never changing. This is not the Lord's line. The Lord is constant, man. He is consistent across the board. Um, Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Uh, Hebrews 13.8 says, uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so where does that leave us? We've kind of walked through where we've been. So we kind of start with Jesus. We've had trouble. We've had stuff in our life that maybe has not been the best. We've had stuff that we've seen. Maybe we're in that time of just struggling with God to kind of say, is this, stuff, is this God stuff real? Is this God stuff, is he, is he good? And then we kind of have this decision time, and then we are up to trusting God and that real faith. And man, that struggle with God, like I said, constantly leads to stronger faith. Um, Nick and the guys are going to come back up. And um, two weeks ago, I got to spend some time um, at Special Olympics. Um, 
And this little guy, his name is Brock. Uh, he's 18, he's not a little guy, but um, Brock is um, a guy that I got to hang out with that week. Every time that you would get to ask him any question, he would just say, live in the dream. So here's, I don't know if it's a video or a picture, but, so every time you'd say, hey Brock, what are we doing? Live in the dream. And stuff. Every time. It didn't matter. Morning, night, always. Live in the dream. Is Brock here? Live in the dream. Like, and just to see that kid's trust and love for people was it's just awesome. If you guys ever get a chance to, this is, has nothing to do with this, but if you ever get a chance to, go. Because to see those students love like Christ, it, it, it is mind-blowing. But Brock, man, he is a kid that is 18, that sometimes the world would think, man, he's, he's been dealt this, the smallest day. I mean, he's been kind of, he hasn't had it the best. But the thing about Brock and that I love about Brock is Brock knows he's got parents that love him. His parents are awesome. He's got schools that care about him. He's got these Special Olympic teams that are pouring into him and enjoying time with him. Man, so every time, it didn't matter if he was tired. We would be 11 o'clock and we'd be dead dog tired because we had been running all over that day. And I'd say, Brock, what are we doing right before bed? And he'd say, living the dream and stuff. And for me, I started thinking about it and I started saying, man, that's, that's what we get to do as believers is we get to live that dream. We get to see we get to know and trust in God and to know that man he is good that he is constant and we get to know (laughs) that even in our worst times in our struggle times that God is good and he knows what he's doing that those times where we ask hey God I don't understand this will you do this and he comes and says all right I'm gonna bring a worse people to come in to dominate your people in those times in our lives where we ask him one thing and he does something that we even feel like is worse. And God is still in control. Man, that faith like a child. That's what I love about Brock. Is that Brock, he didn't care. He didn't care what was going on around him. He was living the dream. He was having fun. We'd go eat pizza. He was loving it. Every minute of it. And for me, I don't know, I let the littlest things just get me down. I let the littlest things just eat me alive yet we can trust in God and to know that we are living the dream man that God is good God has come Jesus Christ came and he died for you so that we can live that dream I mean this is a very well-known verse but I know the plan for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope in the future Man, God's plans are not to hurt you. God's plans are not to just knock you down constantly. Man, He wants the best for you. Because that's who God is, man. God is love. The very end of chapter 3 of Habakkuk, the sovereign, it says in verse 319, it says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet, of, excuse me, He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music. On my stringed instruments. Man, just that faith that Habakkuk's talking about is like what I was talking about. Is just living that dream of knowing that God is good in the hard times, in those top times when you're loving God and you're trusting God and God's doing some great stuff and He's blessing you. Even in those dip times and those decision times. Man, that God is good and He's constant. So we're going to be transitioning into worship.
man, there's going to be people down up front that maybe you are in that dip time, that you just need some prayer, that you're struggling with trusting God, you're struggling with some of those things that you're like, man, God, I keep praying for these things and it just keeps knocking me down. Man, there's going to be some people up here that just want to spend some time just praying with you. Um, man, also, I never want to leave an opportunity that if you don't know who this God is, and you don't know who Jesus Christ is, let me just tell you that He loves you and He died for you. And it is a free gift for all. Man, that is the most important thing about today is if you do not know who Jesus Christ is, man, and you just want to know more about who He is and who this God that you can trust Man, come down and let these prayer team talk to you about that and give you more information about that. Man, that would be the best thing that would happen is if any of you would just come to the Lord and find out even how you can start this journey. For the believers in the room, I just pray for the faith of Habakkuk, the faith of Brock over you that we will, as believers, we'll start to know that in our down times and in those times that we're just struggling, that, and God is in control. Jesus is enough. If you guys would bow with me, and then we're going to be praying. Like I said, there's going to be a team down here that would love to pray with you. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for who you are. Um, God, I just pray um, that our faith will be strong, that we will trust you in those times of the dip times, God, the decision times, the times that it's tough, the times that are hard. Uh, Father, I pray that we will get to that point of trusting you. Father, I pray that we will wrestle with you, that we will ask you questions. God, we know you're a big God and you can answer any questions that we have. God, I pray that for just the people that are in that kind of season of struggling. God, I pray just your power and peace over them. God, we know and we trust you. God, I pray that you will just reign in this place. God, we love you in your awesome name.